I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Public Affairs Specialist, United States Consumer Product Safety Commission, Nikki Fleming. Uh, we're going to be talking about 2020 Pool Safety, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission's 2020 Pool Safety Report. The media has reported an increase since January 2020 of drownings at residential locations such as child's home, a child's home, a family or friend's house, or a neighbor's residence. Consumer Product Safety Commission's Pool Safety Campaign Leader, Nikki Fleming, discusses a new report and provides tips for swimming at home, especially since the summer swim season will likely look a bit different this year. Social distancing guidelines have paused many traditional group swimming lessons, and curious children may be searching for new things to do at home. Coupled with adults who may be distracted by competing priorities, continued vigilance to water safety remains as important as ever. Nikki Fleming specializes in children's product safety and serves as the team's lead as the team lead for the pool safety drowning prevention education campaign. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Well, this is a really critical, very, very important topic, I guess, and is even more so because of this pandemic for a lot of different reasons, and I want to talk to you about that. Because one thing that I didn't say that we need, as as you say in your campaign, we need to do more because drowning is still the leading cause of unintentional death among children ages 1 to 4. Uh, and the second leading cause of death for children ages 5 to 14. Um, so it's really imperative that we get the word about what to do and and uh, how to provide pool safety for a family and, and for these kids. Um, so talk to us about the, this recently CPSC um, annual drowning report. What do we know? Yes, CPSC's latest report finds a steady rise in uh, fatal child drownings. On average, uh, 379 reports of pool or uh, spa-related fatal drownings per year for 2015 through 2017. These were involving children younger than 15 years old. Of those, uh, children younger than five accounted for 75% of these fatal child drownings. So we're in particularly concerned about the young children. So what happens with young children? Why are they drowning? Should they be learning to swim at an earlier age? I know the American Academy of Pediatrics has always recommended like four years old was when you should teach a child to swim. But now they've changed that, I think, to 18 months or earlier. Yes, I would. I would recommend um, parents talk to their pediatricians about um, their child's individual, you know, appropriate age for for beginning swimming. But uh, swimming is a life saving skill uh, that can actually add a layer of protection, which is what we recommend uh, to prevent drownings. Multiple layers of protection. We know that supervision is key. That's the critical part um, and most important part, especially with the young children. We talked about the fact that um, young children are curious and attracted to water naturally. So installing um, multiple layers of protection. So that would include items like uh, a four-sided four-foot fence uh, around the perimeter of a swimming pool, all four sides, uh, making sure it has a self-latching, self-closing gate. Make sure that gate closes each and every time you go through it. Also, you could add a door alarm if your home 
represents one side of that pool. You want to go ahead and add a door alarm. Um, you can also add a pool alarm and even a fence alarm so you're notified and alerted if the child leaves the home or tries to access the water. When you talk about a pool alarm, do, are you talking about those things that you can let float in the water? Of course, if an animal falls in too, the alarm will go off, but it will go off if if, if someone, if you turn on the alarm and someone swimming, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, so it's like emotion. Yeah, exactly. It, emotion. it signals um, motion or um, someone entering the water. So again, and these are layers of protection because like we know, families are spending more time than ever at home due, due to the COVID restrictions. Parents are dealing with um, being distracted. They have competing priorities. A lot of us are at home working from home. Some of us also educating our kids from home, um, you know, and taking on the responsibilities of the home. So those distractions can allow for a child to gain access to water. So um, these safety tips are good for pools and spas, but also all bodies of water. Again, supervision being key and the most critical point. Um, but also if you um, invest in a portable pool, we're all, it's summer, we're all looking for ways to keep cool. Um, if you invest in a portable pool that you could order, inflatable style pool, plastic pool, you want to empty it each and every time you use it and put it up and away uh, from the child and out of reach of the child. Um, you don't want it to, to end up filling up, you know, from rain or other other items. So these tips are not only applicable for um, pools and spas, um, but again, all bodies of water, um, even um, water dangers in the home itself. That can be things like a bucket. You know, we're we're all cleaning, uh, doing a lot more cleaning again due to COVID. <laughs> we're doing extra cleaning, so never leave a bucket. Um, in your home, once you're finished with it, empty it out, put it away as well, even a toilet and even the bathtub. Again, you never leave your child alone and always keep them within arm's reach in all bodies of water. And I think it's important to also point out, and, and I'm sure you saw this part of your research, but you know, children, young children, particularly under the age of four, I mean, they can drown in an inch or two of water. <laughs> and it, it doesn't have to be a foot of water in a pool. Um, Correct. Yeah. And, Correct. Uh, so it only takes a few inches. That's a, a very important point to point out. So, again, we're not just talking about pools and spas. Um, we want to make sure that we're preventing these dangers all over the home. Um, and, again, even when you're in a setting, I know we all live in different parts of the country. We all have um, different situations on whether our our community pools are opening um, or partially opening. Even when there's a trained lifeguard on duty, it's so important, again, for you to keep an eye on your child. Again, going back to that supervision, keeping an eye on your child. And that means um, designating a water watcher each and every time you're in the water. So whether it's yourself or another adult um, that doesn't have any distractions, so that means not using their cell phone, not using the tablet or computer, you're actually keeping an eye on the child. Um, CPSC's Pool Faith Lee campaign, we have um, free lanyards. You can order a free lanyard from us, which goes around your neck, and it designates you as the water watcher so everyone knows that you are on duty, you are watching the children, you're not reading a book, you're not looking at your phone. Um, and then you can pass that on uh, to the next adult uh, who's in charge of watching the kids. I have another suggestion, and I don't know if it's something that you've, you've mentioned, but uh, my own mother and uh, had three kids, and I have three kids and three grandchildren. When you're dressing, 
particularly kids under the age of four, make sure you don't buy, I probably shouldn't say this for some manufacturers, but don't buy blue and green bathing suits that match the color of the water. Buy an orange bathing suit for all of them or a red bathing suit or something that stands out in the water. It's very good advice. I don't know if that's anything. Yeah. No, it's just a good point in general. Yeah, visibility, of course, um, since you are responsible and in charge, again, of, of watching the children. Yes, anything that can help make that easier for you. Um, in open bodies of water, we would recommend a U.S. Uh, Coast Guard um, life jacket, U.S. Uh, Coast Guard certified life jacket um, for open bodies of water as well. But what about those swimming things? Do they give a kid a false sense of like, oh, I can swim, and they can't swim. And then when they don't have them on, they jump in the water thinking they'll be able to swim. So what's the, what's the, uh, the talk about swimming? Yeah. Yes, they can create they can create a, a false sense of security with the child. So again, um, we would recommend instead um, a U.S. Coast Guard certified life jacket. Um, but but in addition, these are all of the layers we've been talking about because each of them gives you those critical extra moments to respond um, when supervision may not um, be taking place at that time. We know with the 75 percent of these fatal child drownings uh, to children under the age of five, 56 percent um, had cases is attributed to a gap in adult supervision. So again, alarms, gates, self-closing, self-latching gates um, give you that critical, kind of critical extra time um, to, to notify you that your child's not in their room anymore, you know, looking at their schoolwork and they've now exited the home. So it's so important. What about parties, pool parties, those kinds of things? I mean, I never went to a pool party with my kids because I think, you know, you know, parents, one glass of wine, and then all of a sudden they turn around and the two-year-old is gone, is at the pool. Um, do you have any suggestions for that for parents? Yeah, it's really important to note in our in our most recent data here um, that residential locations made up 71% of the reported fatal drowning incidents. And it wasn't just your own home. Uh, it could be a family or a friend's house or a neighbor's residence. So in a, in a party situation, when again, we're distracted by the activities or maybe the company of others, again, designating that water watcher. If you are dropping your child off, you might want to check with the homeowners. Um, is there a lifeguard on duty? Has an adult been assigned? to be the water watcher, um, you know, check for extra layers of protection that maybe this home has, um, and, and then make a decision. Like you said, maybe um, it's a time, depending on your child's age, you may want to stay with your child, even in a party situation, um, just because people do get distracted. Um, again, you want to make sure those um, water safety steps and layers have been um, added to that home. Are there any particular groups of people that are more vulnerable to or more at risk for drownings? Yes, research by USA Swimming Foundation shows that while improvements are being made, about 64% of African-American children and 45% of Hispanic children still cannot swim. And this can put them at higher risk. And the sad truth here is that the disparities in swimming continue to be a, can continue to be a generational issue. If parents can't swim, there's a high likelihood that their children will also not be able to swim. Um, so again, in, um, in African-American families where the parents can't swim, nearly 80% of the children also cannot swim. Um, so this is a, a sad statistic that, um, again, t- taking swim lessons can be an extra life-saving skill 
that your child can have in addition to these physical barriers and physical layers of protection. You can also have, make sure that um, you know how to swim as the adult and also that your child knows how to swim. Another life-saving skill is to make sure you know how to perform CPR on adults and children in case of an emergency. Again, that can give you those critical moments um, when emergency personnel is on the way, um, again, to, to make sure um, that you've started those life-saving measures before um, help arrives. What about, Nikki, I mean, you're obviously you're on radio shows and, and television, et cetera, and, and, and providing this information to the public, which is important. Are there any other kinds of educational tools that parents can access so that they have this kind of information when they're dealing with their young children and and swimming and swimming pools and, and, and safety? Yes, again, uh, with several of us being at home due to, due to some of these um, COVID restrictions, it's a great time to take advantage of some online resources. Um, we uh, here at the Consumer Product Safety Commission have our Pool Safely campaign at PoolSafely.gov. We do have free educational res- resources for you and your family for both adults and children. Uh, a lot of parents are looking for ways to fill their child's time. So why not insert water safety as not only an educational component uh, of your um, everyday practices, um, but also something fun for the kids. So we have um, activities for the kids, um, some activity sheets that they can print out coloring and and, uh, crossword puzzles and um, word games, as as well as even downloading an app from Pool Safely uh, as well. That's another um, for your child's tablet. Um, We know kids are sophisticated these days (laughs) and have access to electronics. So again, and and so there's some games on them for, again, not only um, giving them educational materials, but also making it fun at the same time. Well, I've noticed. I'll I'll just add, um, check with your other um, Parks and Recreations Association. Like like I said, a lot of these places are closed, um, but they've created some great resources online. I also recommend places like the American Red Cross, um, USA Swimming Foundation. Um, There's other groups. Again, even your local Parks and Recreation Association may have information. Your YMCAs and places like that may also have additional resources for you. Well, you've mentioned COVID-19 and how that's changed the, the, the landscape. And uh, right now I'm in uh, Albany, New York, and uh, in a small suburb outside of Albany. And what I've noticed when I go on my walks and do my exercise, that people are building pools left and right, people who never had pools before and maybe never even thought of having pools because they are at home, above ground pools, in ground pools. So you've created a whole new group of people who are utilizing pools who haven't used them before or who, you know, never necessarily intended to build a pool. And uh, it seems to me it would be really important to have this kind of information because it's a real setup for more, I hate to say it, but disasters uh, um, during this summer. So important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So important, Um, especially now more than ever, we are in an age where we can literally at a click of a button have a a pool delivered to our homes um, (laughs) in a couple of days. So we really want consumers to have safety at the top of their minds um, when they're bringing in um, pools and even building some of the larger pools, the above ground pools. For the above ground pools, we want to make sure with the ladder um, that is attached, they usually have the mechanism where you can and latch it and lock it up and away where the child can't reach it when you're not using the pool. So that's super important. There's also pool covers um, and other things that can, again, give you the extra layer of protection. But barriers, again, the physical barrier of fencing, um, 
around the perimeter of a pool is so important um, because a lot of times, yeah, parents do think that their child is in one location of the home. And in fact, they have um, gone out to the backyard and accessed these pools um, and you're protecting yourself. And then for communities, you want to do the same for your neighbors and your, and your families. And again, I know in my neighborhood, everyone knows which homes have the swimming pools. <laughs> They're usually the most popular homes on the block for our young kids. Um, so, again, um, making sure that you have those layers of protection in place before you even uh, think about bringing a, a pool um, into the home. Well, you mentioned pool covers, and I have a horrendous story to tell you of a two-year-old who did just what you said. One parent thought the other parent was watching the kid, and he went to the neighbor's pool and drowned in a pool cover. That's why I mentioned the Mm. two inches of water. Um, And um, that's all it took. I mean, it's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. They're um, not all, sometimes pool covers are not necessarily meant to to keep a person out. They might be meant to keep debris and other things. So that's what, again, you're having these layers of protection. So you should have that um, self-latching, self-closing gate fence around that pool and some alarms um, to also notify again. Yeah. Unfortunately, in a case like that, where the parent did believe, yeah, the other parent um, knew the whereabouts of the child. So again, we said about 56% of cases with the children under five are that same exact situation. What about other, Annie, you mentioned one, like say an above ground pool where you have uh, the, the, the steps getting up to the pool uh, which is different than an in-ground pool. Are there any other differences that stand out that you would be aware of, uh, you know, uh, in-ground versus above-ground pool? Yeah, one thing we want to mention for all pools is to make sure you train your child and even you as adults, everyone should stay away from all pool drains and drain um, openings uh, in the pool. That's just a good safety hazard. The Consumer Product Safety Commission, we do have a, a federal regulation for public pools uh, called the Virginia Graham Baker Pool and Spa Safety Act, which um, mandates um, anti-entrapment drain covers in public pools. So if you have an in-ground pool, you want to check with your pool service provider and make sure your uh, drains and drain covers um, are up to regulations as well. Um, they can vary um, from state to state, from from community and municipality uh, to others. So, again, that's just an additional layer of protection to make sure you have the, that um, most recent um, information from the Virginia Grand Baker uh, Pool and Spa Safety Act. And you're, you're, if you're unaware, you can definitely check with your pool service provider for that. What about regulations in terms of schools, if possible, uh, that children would be required to know how to swim by the age of yeah, uh, you know, they had alert in elementary school, for instance, that they had to mm-hmm. take swimming lessons. No, it's a good point. I, I know it's interesting to see um, generationally. I know my family, um, my mother, uh, I believe it was a requirement many years ago for her to actually take it um, as a part of her high school um, education. And uh, we lived in a town in Pennsylvania, my hometown in Pennsylvania at the time. Um, and I know that has changed um, and it, it varies again from school to school. Um, access to pools is always an issue. Um, again, looking for um, free or even reduced cost lessons um, is something that parents should should look into. Again, we were talking about some of the, the minority communities. Some may not have access 
um, to water on a regular basis, to swimming pools on a regular basis. So again, getting those life-saving and critical skills in at a young age is really important. But yeah, um, it's going to vary um, from probably school district to school district and community to community again. So you as a parent want to arm yourself and your family with the, with the best um, possible life-saving skills. Again, swim lessons being one of the best. Yeah, I mean, there are great programs. I think you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, the, the you know the Ys and YMCA's, um, YWs. I don't know if they still have YWCA's, do they, or is it all one YMCA? That's a, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> I, I I grew up with YWCA's too, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I, I know the organization is YMCA, yes, Red Cross, USA Swimming Foundation. I'll know, yeah, and like I said, always check your local parks and recreations. I know I live in a community too that has a pretty nice county um, community center with a nice um, indoor pool. Um, I know my kids have gone to summer camp there and, and learned um, not only swim lessons at home with our family, but also through, through through opportunities like that. And like we said, unfortunately, due to COVID, many summer camps are now closed. Um, and again, uh, it's an extra uh, reason for uh, we parents and families and caregivers um, to keep an extra eye on all of our children, especially the young ones who, again, are attracted to water. One of the good things about swimming pools, that's one of the things you can um, interact with your friends or family at a swimming pool because one can be at one end and one can be at the other. You can keep your distance and still mm-hmm. talk and still swim and still have, you know, um, I know that's a lot of many people in the neighborhood are doing mm-hmm. that, not having pool parties. I'm not saying that, but at least having a few, Yeah people. Right. And I'll just mention our, our other federal partner, um, CDC.gov, I know has specific information for polls uh, regarding COVID um, and how to be safe um, in regards to COVID. So yes, again, with maybe residential pool use may be up um, because of the restrictions and closings in your neighborhood pools and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, just check with them as well for um, COVID guidelines uh, for safety uh, related to, to, to pools as well. Uh, You know, a generation ago, I think it was a requirement in most or many colleges that you had that you had to know how to swim by the time you graduated from college. It's probably a little bit late. I went to a boarding Mm -hmm. school. It was like sort of a similar situation as your mom or as your mother. Uh, We had to be able to swim. Also, it's a little bit late. Uh, We're talking about, you know, I think you have 16 is kind of old to be learning how to swim, but um, but it was a requirement. You couldn't graduate unless you knew how to swim. And for some kids, that was a mm-hmm. big deal. And they were they were not, you know, found a lot, it was very difficult for them to do. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And, and again, varying de- de- part, depending on what part of the country you live in. I know um, in particular, um, a lot of the southern states where water is, you're kind of surrounded by water. So the Florida, Texas, Arizona, Unfortunately, sometimes we see some of our highest drowning reports there, and I do know access um, to water and, you know, pools being just a a part of life along with um, access to oceans and rivers and and lakes as well. So, again, keeping these safety tips in mind, um, especially important um, all year long uh, for those warmer climates that, you know, maybe the pools stay open longer, but for the rest of us, too, in um, other parts of the country, Unfortunately, we're seeing drownings occur nationwide. Mm. So, Nikki, a um, couple minutes left. So, I know you mentioned a couple websites, uh, poolsafety.gov and the CDC website. Any other websites we could 
access for more information about what we've been talking about, what you've been talking about? Sure, and I just want to um, clarify our website is PoolSafeLee with a L-Y at the end, so it's PoolSafeLee.gov. And again, you can keep your children entertained and educated with um, virtual water safety games and activities, so check that out. Um, also, yes, uh, CDC is a great place um, for COVID-related um, and safety information on uh, how not to spread um, that disease uh, through uh, pools and hot tubs, so they have some guidance on their website as well for, for COVID-19 safety as well. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Obviously, a lot of good information, which we need to heed. Uh, and we've been talking to Nikki Fleming, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, 2020 Pool Safety Report. Thank you and stay safe. Thank you and have a safe summer. Yep. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 